You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. I have been teaching actually on the Jesus culture. Um, now, before I started the Jesus culture, I was actually looking at the elementary teachings of the born again believer. And Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 to 3 speaks to that. It says, Let us stop going over the same old ground again and again, always teaching those first lessons about Christ. Let us go on instead to other things and become mature in our understanding as strong Christians ought to be. Surely, we don't need to speak further about the foolishness of trying to be saved by being good or about the necessity of faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptism and spiritual gifts and the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. The Lord willing, we will go on now to other things. And so based on that, after uh, making sure that we have an understanding to all the elementary um, teachings of Christ regarding our being born again, what it means is that you must understand as a born-again believer that you don't earn goodness. Christ, by the gift of righteousness, has reconciled you with God. And because of that, you are saved. You are not saved because you did something good. You are saved because Christ, by his righteousness, and your belief in him, has made you one with God. And therefore, you are saved. You are now justified before God. We have also talked about spiritual gifts that God gives to his people. When they get born again, the gift of tongue speaking, the gift of discernment, and all of those wonderful things that God does in our lives. But like Apostle Paul would have to say, now when we get born again and we did not qualify for what we have received, the gift of eternal salvation, there is something that comes to us that we didn't receive. But yet after we have received, there is a life that is expected of us to live. There is a culture that is different from the culture of the world. And the Holy Spirit that God gave us by the gift of salvation, but that same spirit equips and empowers us to live that culture, that Jesus culture. And because of that, I started speaking about the Jesus 
culture. Now, the Jesus culture has to do, number one, with we living by the word. So, if you're a believer, you no more live by the world, you live by the word. You no more live by the tenets of your society and what they say, you live by what the word of God says. It's the word of God that defines what your culture should be. And I also spoke about the evangelism culture. You also supposed to evangelize, to speak, proclaim Christ. That is actually our true worship. And so if you are born again believer, when you receive the gift of righteousness justified before God, you have eternal rewards. You are the son of God. You are a child of God. There are so many things that come to you. This is what you're supposed to do. Go to your world and tell them the good news. Tell them what Jesus has done for them that nobody else can do. The gift of eternal life. The reason for our being in this world is that we receive Jesus. And when we choose Jesus, we have fulfilled the will of God. The next is the spirit culture. The spirit culture. We live by the spirit. We don't live by what our flesh says. We don't live by what people around say. We live by what the Spirit of God says. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We also live by the timings of God, the time culture, the timings of God. So we don't do things no more in our own time. We do things knowing what the timing of God for that thing is in our life. Now we have gone through all of this and now we are on the excellence culture that when you are born again, you must live an excellent life and normally when we talk about excellence we have our own interpretation of what excellence is which is not exactly what God's word says and that's what we're going to look into that now you must understand that this is the mystery of the gospel now when you receive Jesus Christ you didn't do anything he gave you everything but just like marriage is you see, when you marry and you tell your husband or your wife, I love you, and you consummate the marriage, you are already in the marriage. But then you still work to love your wife or your husband to get a deeper understanding of yourselves as you have consummated the marriage. We have been married to Christ. You know, so, and because of our marriage to Christ, we now actually have consummated our union with him. And then we head on to grow deeper in him. So you see, as Christians, number one, we are already headed, we are headed where we already seated. That's why we are seated with him in heavenly places. So we're already seated, but we are still headed. We are working. Are you getting the point? To have a deeper understanding of the authority of the placement and positions as children of God. Number two, we have received the gift of righteousness and it is not a wage to work for. Number three, we are attaining a perfect state. We already are. So he's already made you perfect, but you don't stop and say, I am perfect. And then go back to do no. You still grow to understand how perfect he has made you. And you live in that culture. Praise God. We also manifest a life we already possess. We have a life. 
We don't say, I am getting life in Christ. No, you already have a life. But then you live the life of dominion for which he has given you. Number six, uh, number five, we have the overall judge who is also our advocate. Amazing. The judge of all flesh is also our lawyer. So he speaks on our behalf. He intervenes for us. When something goes wrong, he speaks by his death, death, burial, and resurrection on your behalf. Praise God. Number six, we are striving to be deeper with a God who is already one with us. And we are fighting a fight that has already been won. And so it's like a replay of a match. You already know the results. So when you are watching, you relax. So you see, as believers, we don't walk in anxiety. Christ has already finished. And he has seated us in heavenly places. He has judged us righteous. We are his children and we are his favorites. We don't work for it. Oh, praise God. All right. But there is something that we are required to do. To keep the vim. To keep the understanding. To keep the focus. To keep the tenacity. Because we live in this flesh. Oh, praise God. And the work we have with God is the work of the spirit. And therefore, there is something that we do to make sure that each and every time our focus on what this God has done stays so. And is continually deepened by conviction, consecration, and then commitment. And that's why we're looking at the excellent culture. Now, if you look at the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, the Hebrew word for excellent is adair. 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 And it actually means great, honorable, something that is great, something that is honorable. Now, the first time the word was used was in Psalm 8 verse 1. And David would have to say, Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? Praise God. So you can see that God's name and God's brand name is excellent. How excellent is your name? How honorable is your name? How great is your name? How majestic is your name? And so anything that is honorable before God, honorable, great, and, and majestic is excellent. Excellent. Psalm 8 verse 9, David emphasizes, Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. So anything you see God do is excellent. Whatever God does is majestic. Whatever God does is beautiful. Whatever God does is great and is so honorable. Now, this word in the Old Testament was used in Daniel more than any other book of the Bible. And if we can understand 
the life of Daniel as Daniel depicts what the New Testament believer should be and how they must walk with God you can understand why this word Adair was so used in Daniel in about the 12 chapters of Daniel I think about 5 of them used the word for Daniel Daniel chapter 2 verse 31 it says you O king saw and behold a great image this image which was mighty and whose brightness was excellent stood before you and its aspect was awesome so daniel was describing what nebuchadnezzar saw in the dream and daniel said exactly that god's image that he saw was excellent in other words it was great it was no anywhere you see god and you see god you will see majest majesty you will see greatness you will see honor hallelujah daniel 4 36 at the same time my understanding returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom the majesty and brightness returned to me and my counselors and my laws sought to me and i was established in my kingdom and excellent greatness was added to me oh hallelujah now like i said you can see that this word always comes with a certain honor awesomeness majesty and greatness now look at daniel 5 12. now i'm looking at all the all the texts in daniel that we see the word excellent daniel 5 12 because an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding interpreting of dreams and showing of dark sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same daniel wow whom the king named belshazzar now let daniel be called and he will show the interpretation now when they looked at daniel not just the spiritual gifts he possesses but then the godliness of daniel and what he stands for they said he had an excellent spirit an excellent spirit and so you can see that an excellent spirit has nothing to do with how you see chairs ordered nicely or how somebody dresses nicely and they walk about and they are wearing a Gucci shoe and, and they say, oh, they have dressed excellently. Well, that is for the flesh. But when we talk about an excellent spirit, it goes beyond your physicality. Praise God. And we're going to look into that. Daniel chapter 5 verse 14. I have heard of you. Now, this is what the king was saying about Daniel. I have heard of you that the spirit of the gods is in you he couldn't find any way to to to, to describe the young man and so he actually said that the spirit of the gods because the gods he is known to is all he knows he doesn't know the sovereign god 
He doesn't know the Lord our God, Jehovah. And so he said, the spirit of the gods is in you. And that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Oh, wow. If you actually read the Hebrew, you don't see the word wisdom interpreted there. You only see excellent. Yade. In other words, his life exudes excellence, majesty, honor. And he says, the spirit of the gods is in you. When the spirit of the Lord is in you, the world will see God's character. The world will see God's majesty. The world will see God's nobility. The world will see everything that is so beautiful about God in you. Daniel 6 verse 3. Then this Daniel was distinguished above the precedents and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. It is not how eloquent you are. It is not just how talented you are. There is something about a born again believer that the world sees and they can't stand. That the world sees and they have to find who their God is. That the world sees and they don't have a choice but to promote and put him at the top. They can stand against him. They can fight him. They can do all they can to bring him down. But they don't have the choice not to ignore. You cannot ignore that man. You cannot ignore him. Look at the Greek word for excellent. Diaphoros. It means varying. Excellent. Difference. And that is why I themed the different man. The different man. Difference. If you look at the original word from which diaphoros came from, it came out of diaphoro. Diaphoro. To carry through, carry about, to differ, make a difference, surpass, take properly. And he says, take all the way through. And if you look at Timothy, 1 Timothy 3.13, you see this word used in a certain way. He says, for those who have served well, gain for themselves a good standing. So the word excellent Diaphoros is the same word as good standing. A person that is different. That has gained a certain integrity of heart. And stands out. Diaphoro. Titus 3.8 This saying is trustworthy. And I want you to emphasize these things so that those who have believed God will take care to devote themselves to good things. And he says, these things are 
excellent. So you see, when a believer devotes themselves to good things, to godliness, it is an excellent spirit that is being exhibited. Praise God. And he said, it is profitable for people. It is profitable for people. Okay. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 4. Now Hebrews chapter 1, the writer of Hebrews was talking about Jesus the Christ. So you can understand that the word was used for Christ. Because he's the epitome of an excellent spirit. Praise God. He says, having become so much better than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name than they have. Oh, praise God. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 says, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry by so much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant. So number one, an excellent name, an excellent ministry. So, Number one, an excellent person because a name stands for the person. As your name is, so are you. So Jesus was an excellent personality. And because he has that excellent personality, he also had an excellent ministry. Praise God. Hebrews 11 verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Through which he had the testimony given to him that he was righteous. God testifying with respect to his gifts. And through it, he being dead still speaks. And here is actually talking about Abel's belief in Christ. Believe in the gospel. That he gave by faith to God. Are you getting the point? And so he was seen as righteous. Cain was giving by good works. By what he himself could do. And because of that, every man's righteousness by himself is like a filthy rag before God. And therefore Cain's offering by his own works did not meet the standard. But Abel gave by faith in the gospel. And because of that, he was themed as righteous. And his offering still speak. So what it means is that you cannot call anybody excellent if they are not born again. You can only do that because as I was speaking, you realize that in the definition of the term, it actually changed from just the beauty of God and whatever God does to the character of the believer. In the New Testament, it was more hammering on what the character, the godly character of the believer shows forth. And look at what I say. I said that so in a nutshell, you'd realize that the word excellent describes anything or anyone that shows forth 
the beauty of God. It is the practicing of their spirit. It is the exercise of their spirit. Oh, praise God. And look at what Apostle Paul spoke regarding Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 13. I hope you are learning something. 1 Timothy 4, 17 to 13. I'm taking from the TLB. Don't waste time arguing over foolish ideas and silly myths and legends. <laughs> Spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. <laughs> the word exercise must be noted. Eight. Bodily exercise is alright. But spiritual exercise is much more important and is a tonic for all you do. Jesus. I'm coming. <laughs> the word exercise in the Greek is the word gymnasia. So you see, when you say I'm going to the gym to build your muscles, you want your heart you want to burn calories. You want to pump the blood good. Paul says bodily exercise is okay. But as a believer, there is a tonic that is more important. It is the exercise of your spirit. You exercise your spirit so that you will be spiritually fit. You see, so the born again believer has not much to do with the exercise of their body to have an excellent spirit. You require the exercise rather of your spirit. And then he says, that becomes a booster. That's why he used the word tonic. It becomes the booster. So it boosts. What? Listen. Take, take it. Take it cool. Take it cool. Take it cool. Now, can you realize that what we are talking about is not from outside in. It is from inside out. Because the one who is building their muscles by exercise is only taken from the inside to reveal it on the outside. So the muscle doesn't come to add from the outside. The muscle is already inside. 
But then because they are doing the exercise of their body, it begins to show on the outside. In the same way, the believer has so much already in their spirit. When they got born again, they got born again by an excellent spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has everything that makes the believer shine forth and show the beauty of God and show the majesty of God and show the honor of God and show the greatness of God. They have all of that inside. But what they do to bring it out is to make sure they exercise their spirit. So you see, when they exercise their spirit, this beauty begins to shine forth. Alright? So you see, Daniel did not shine forth because he was dressing good. He had mastered the language of the Chaldeans. No! The thing was inside. And because it was inside, and he exercised his spirit well, he showed outside. And they could not help but to promote him. They could not help but to say, this guy has the spirit of the gods inside of him. Because they themselves can see that there's a secret inside. It is not from the outside. It's not from the outside. It's not from the outside. Let's continue. So he says, so exercise yourself spiritually. And then he says, practice being a better Christian. Because that will help you, not only now, in this life, but in the next life too. Oh, praise God. You see, bodily exercise, the moment this body is taking away, everything is useless. But your spiritual exercise takes you into the next life. Oh, when you have a healthy, excellent spirit that shows forth the greatness, the beauty, the honor, the majesty of God, there are eternal rewards that come to it. Because like he said to Titus, it is profitable to the people. Listen to me very carefully. All these things that we are talking about, that is the Jesus culture, has more to do with you serving people with what God has given you. And revealing Christ to them. Because that is all we came to do in this world. In this world, coronavirus within this short period has shown all of us that all the things that we see, that we admire, mean nothing. So you can never tell me it is the reason. These things are the reason why we are here. It is a big mistake. We are taking what the decorations are to be what the real stuff is. The mundanes of life. No. No. Choosing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and showing Jesus to your world is why you are here. If you miss that, you've missed life. You are only existing. Are you here with me? 
It is the reason why you and I are here. And so Paul says that as you exercise your spirit, it will be a reward not only in this life, but in the next life. There is a next life. And if you and I are really concerned about what God wants to do with us, then I think that we should be looking at rather the next life than this life because it's temporary it is so temporary so so temporary as a matter of fact i have realized that this thing is shorter than we ever knew it's so shorter than we ever knew how many of you ever thought you'll be at this age so shortly I mean, you look at yourself and you're asking, hey, is it me? Hey, this short time, look at how, and you see your gray hair come here, you ask, hey, I'm choking 50 already. Let's focus. Let's focus. Let's focus. Look at 9 and 10. This is the truth that everyone should accept it. <laughs> you can be deceived but the truth would always remain the truth do you know that our disobedience to the truth doesn't change the truth do you know that our rejection of the truth would not change the truth truth is constant you don't do anything to add to truth and you don't do anything to take away from truth and that is why Jesus is the truth because he's the same yesterday today and forever and so anybody that commits to Jesus, <laughs> you have actually chosen the best bet. He said, this is the truth and everyone should accept it. Look at what he says. We work hard and suffer much in order that people will believe it. So Paul says, all our toil, all our labor, is that people will see this and understand this truth so that together with us we shall all rejoice and have rewards in the next life that is the toil that is the labor of the believer you know listen to me for a long time some of us our definition of a pastor, our definition of a man of God, our definition was polluted. I remember so clearly, I knew I had the call of God on my life. And I, I, what, all I thought to see was seeing myself in the kind of suit that the pastor wears to preach and how the pastor walks and how people walk after the pastor and they come and sit down and all of that can glitz and glamour 
But if you look at the definition and the measure of the practicing spirit of an excellent man, the different man is the one that toils for the gospel. That if I want to show and reveal Christ to my children, reveal Christ to my church congregation, to, re- to, to, to reveal Christ to the next person, I would give them a definition that the best thing is to suffer for the gospel. No matter the cost, go for it. Because that is what brings reward. That is what actually makes you a better person in this life and in the life to come. Praise God. Because that is how it happened. You said Daniel was promoted. Oh yes, he was promoted. But Daniel also was put in the lion's den. You said Daniel did so much. Yes, Daniel did so much. But do you remember that Daniel was told not to pray? And it was actually not just a directive. It was the policy. It was passed like a bill. But he opened his windows. And he prayed. Because the secret is not in the position. The secret is in the revelation of Christ. That is inside of the young man. That you can take away your position. You can take away the promotion. But if I have Christ, I have everything. How many of us in the midst of the storm will still stand? Will still stay because God, as we choose to say, has become like a tool. We use him. To get to where we want to get to. He is not our goal. He is not our objective. He is not the reason. Like first, uh, sorry, John will say in John 1.1. 1, 1. He is the reason. If he is the reason for you. Then he is the leader. And everything you do. Actually, it's because of him. Praise God. It's because of him. It's because of him. So look at what he tells them. He says, teach these things. And make sure everyone learns them well. It is the reason why I'm here. Listen to me very carefully. We have talked about you being defined by the word. We have talked about evangelism. We have talked about the spirit life. We have talked about divine timing. We have talked about giving. The life of thanksgiving. Amazing. But this is where the practice comes in. This is where the exercise of your spirit is so clear. Listen, and he says, until your people understand it he was talking to timothy the pastor until your people understand this they are going to have a shipwreck in their journey 
they will easily give up. The believer that does not know how to exercise their spirit will not be able to sustain. It's like in the flesh, a man, a woman who doesn't know, listen very carefully, how to exercise their body. They wouldn't be able to live the full quota of their life. Is that correct? When you exercise your body, you will live long. Is that correct? Oh, is that correct? Yes. Your blood will pump well. Your heart will, 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 will be very strong. Yes. So you'll be able to live. In the same word, in the same way, in the same way, when you're, you don't exercise your spirit the way you have to, it will be difficult to sustain and to bring out all the wonderful things that God has in you as a believer. Praise God. Twelve. Don't let anyone think little of you because you are young. Be their ideal. <laughs> let them follow the way you teach and live. Be a pattern for them in your love. Oh, Jesus. Your faith and your clean thoughts. Until I get there, read and explain the scriptures to the church. Preach God's word. Hallelujah. This morning, you can do natural things, but don't give yourself to them. Give yourself to spiritual things. Yes, we all do natural things. But don't let your heart go into them. Let your heart go into spiritual things. Take time off for spiritual activities. You can't be devoted to natural things. And expect to be strong in the spirit. Train your body for spiritual things. Definitely, I'm going to be talking about how to exercise your spirit. So next week, that is going to be my focus. How to be devoted to God. How to show forth that excellent spirit that is already in you. It's an amazing experience in an amazing life. God, by Christ Jesus, has done everything that we need to have and we have to his fullness. All we need to do is to exercise our spirit. And as we do so, we shall show forth the beauty, the fragrance, the honor, the majesty and the greatness of our God in us. And the world will see and will bring glory to his name. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise, glory is great. 
praise, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.